When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Hey, Grateful Ones, before we start, find yourself in a comfortable space and take three deep breaths. I know it's been tough for all of us, so let's take this time to feel whatever you're feeling as you take a deep breath in. Take in love, kindness, joy, and gratitude. And as you exhale, let go of any pain, anger, regret, or discomfort you're feeling right now. Welcome to After 30 with Gara Erigel, a 30-something reminding you to take deep breaths and live with gratitude as we talk love, life, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, good books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. I post new episodes every Thursday. Follow at After 30 with Gara Erigel on Instagram and Facebook to stay updated. Everybody, welcome to another episode of After 30 with Cara Erigel. My name is Cara. I hope you're all doing safe and well. We are back with another insightful episode. I want to start by saying, you know, a person's readiness for a loving relationship. Yes, we are talking about love on this episode. A person's readiness for a loving relationship usually really depends a lot on timing. At least in my experience, timing and a lot of healing. Now, what is the difference between timing and healing? For me, I really think that timing is out of your control and healing is in your control. Usually, when we meet the right person at the wrong point in life, the relationship will most likely fail. Unless you work on healing while you're in the relationship and the other person is willing to either wait or do the work with you. You know, I always say, even until today, that had I met my husband six or seven years ago, he would have definitely been friend-zoned. I would have never been attracted to him the way that I was when I met him at a time of healing. I met him at a time when I had already decided that if I wasn't going to meet the one, I would be the one. I would commit to bettering myself, loving myself, and being friends with my whole being, past, present, and the self I had envisioned becoming. I wasn't desperate for someone to love me, to take care of me, to validate me. Definitely was years before that. Now I figured I could do all that myself. Like I could love myself. I didn't need a man to do all that for me. Enter Paolo. <laughs> now a relationship is a want, not a need. Let's dive deeper and really figure out if love is really all about perfect timing. Is it all about healing? And how do you know you're really ready for it? Everybody, please welcome back on the podcast. She doesn't really need much introduction anymore. She's a suke, if you know what that means. But everybody, please welcome Theta Healer, fellow podcaster, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi. Hi, Kara. How are you? It is so nice to be back with you, having, you know, our great conversations, both on air and off air. So I'm looking forward to today's. 
Me too. I'm always so excited to have you on the show. And it's always so nice to see you. You're always super glowing. Especially with your new pink lipstick. I don't think I've ever seen you in this bright pink lipstick ever. <laughs> I brought it out especially for today. I love um, it. I figured, you know, we're talking about love. We're talking about soulmates. I better get my pink on. Perfect. Okay, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore because my intro was quite long. But I want to start intro, like Kara, I have to say your intro was so on point. Okay, oh, so you. many, so many valuable insights nuggets in just your intro. I mean, your whole point, by the way, of meeting Paolo when you decided you didn't need anyone anymore, you were completely independent, you were in love with yourself, and then poof comes in the man, right? And the other thing that you said also about being at the right time, and you know, I love that because it brought me back, it took me back to flashback, you know, before I actually met my husband. Eight years prior to that, we were at the same New Year's party. We live in different countries, by the way, we had never met before, but we were at the same New Year's party in India, so a different country from where we both lived, and we had common friends, and I hung out with some of his friends, but we never met. We met like eight years later. So your timing point as well was like amazing. So, you know, so excited for this and, you know, raring to go. Wait a minute. That's crazy. Because did I ever tell you about that story with my husband, Paolo? I even inserted that clip in our wedding video. So we were at the same, you know, are you familiar with the comedian Joe Koi? Yeah. Anyway, he was his first show here in the Philippines. We both watched it. He was two, three rows in front of me. I was taking photos behind him and he just happened to be, and it was a live photo. So if you press on it, like you see him going like that with his hair, which is something he does all the time. So we kind of like superimposed it in the wedding video where he does that at the wedding too. So it was 2017 before we met and he was just, he just so happened to be in my picture. And then at yeah. our wedding when he did the same thing, that's crazy, right? Oh my God. Oh my that's, God. I mean, that's a great timing story, right? Like you're just not in the right place and the right time, but fast forward and now you guys are married. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I know, like the hairs on my body just went up. Okay, so my <laughs> first question, Sanaya, because I had this question for years, you know, before I went through healing and all of that. So what is really going on when someone says, they want to be in a relationship, I want to fall in love, I want to meet the one, but I just keep attracting the wrong men. It just generally never works for them. Now, what are usually the telltale signs that one is really not ready to be in a relationship yet. So here's my philosophy. If you aren't with the one, if you aren't in that right relationship and you want it, right? So of course you want it, but you aren't in that right relationship. You keep meeting the wrong guys or you don't meet any eligible ones at all. I believe that you actually have not allowed yourself to be with that person for some reason or other. There's a block. And the block has been instated in your life by you for some reason that your sneaky subconscious believes is, is the right thing to do for you. And you're, you're not aware of it, you know? So a lot of times with my clients, with people I've worked with, it's a commitment issue. And you think it's the other person who has the commitment issue, but it isn't. It's you. So you're the one who's deep down inside afraid of being loved, 
afraid of committing to someone. Maybe you're afraid you'll make the wrong decision and five years later you'll break up. Or maybe you're afraid that the you know, this person will cheat on you. Maybe you're afraid that, you know, you'll get married, you'll get together, and then you'll realize it's the wrong relationship after all. So there are all these fears that kind of keep us in our safety zone, which is single. So if you are single, but you want to be in a relationship, you know, I will bet, well, I don't really bet a lot of money generally, but I will bet quite a bit on the fact that you're the one keeping yourself stuck in single zone or friend zone. You know, you're not allowing yourself to actually open up and welcome someone into your life because it's all energetic, right? Like when you meet someone for the first time, you kind of know if they're open to a conversation, you know, if they're interested, like, you know, there's this whole energy thing going on. And, you know, I have a great story to tell you that illustrates my point. So I had a friend in town from Dubai and she went to Barakai. And she was talking about how she, you know, she went on her own to Barakai. She's a single woman. She's very, very, you know, confident, sure of herself. She's, she makes friends really easily. But she was talking about how she met a girl in Barakai and the two of them were hanging out. And she noticed how their energy is so different. The other girl was like really open. I want to meet somebody. I'm here in Barakai. I want to have fun. And you know, I'm so open. And she was, you know, she was dressed in a very, you know, confident way, like ready to go out. She was sexy. She was kind of, you know, had that vibe going. And my friend, you know, she was talking about herself and she said, you know, I had this whole vibe, which is like, I'm happy to make new friends. But if you are a guy and you're interested in a relationship, like my door is closed. And she's like, it was in the way I was talking, walking, dressing, behaving. And the only reason it was so clear to her is because it was in contrast to this other girl she had met who was talking about how she was ready to have, you know, a relationship or a fling or whatever Barack I would give her. She was kind of open to it. And so that, you know, is such a great example of how we actually non-verbally tell people if we are open to a relationship or not. And we might say, you know, I want a relationship, I'm ready. But if mm -hmm. you're closed and your energy is putting out completely different signals to people around you, then yes, no one's going to approach you. You know, no one's going to come up to you and try to start a conversation or ask you on a date because you have this like sign saying, do not disturb. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, that's so crazy. The truth. Yeah. Yeah. We're giving out these like vibes and signals all the time. And so, if you aren't, you know, attracting people in your life, you aren't in a relationship, you aren't, aren't dating the right kind of people, then definitely you have some kind of a fear commitment issue. It could be a lot of things, like it could be an abandonment issue. There's uh, multiple things that I've identified as getting in the way of attracting love into your life. And we can talk more about that later. Oof, I love all of that. I mean, it's I'm, I'm hearing a lot of like, it's a me problem, right? Like it's something that I need to work on myself. It's not blaming yourself. It's just taking accountability, I guess. And, you know, getting to know yourself better so that you can take out all these blocks. But I feel like for most of us, that's the hardest thing to do is to accept that, oh, wait a minute, I have to work on me now. It's not his fault. It's easier to say it's the other person's fault, right? But it's also so creepy because like when you were talking about like the energy and, and that friend of yours who met this other friend, 
now I'm realizing that even now that I'm married, because I still do it, you know, these are habits and these are beliefs that are deeply ingrained in me about having to take care of myself or I got me. I don't need anybody. Even in that, I mean, I was saying it a while ago in my intro that that was what I was, you know, that was at the point. I was there at that point when I met Paolo that I don't need anybody anymore, but more like a good version of it. Because before that, I was like, I don't need anybody. You know, even the way I would walk. Like, I remember a friend of mine saying, you always look like you're about to punch someone. Like, you're walking like you're about to hit someone. And it's like, a guy would say, oh, let me help you with that. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. In my head, it's like, I'm an independent, strong woman. But now that you're saying all that, my energy was so, stay away from me. I can take care of me. But that wasn't true. It was just all outside. (laughs) So when we are in a state of fear, okay, then what we do is we are aggressive with our energy. We need to protect. We're on defense mode, right? So we're fearing some kind of attack. It's not safe. So I'm going to put down all these barriers. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. put up walls. I'm going to protect myself. But when you're in the space of like, I love myself. I'm good where I'm at. You know, I'm independent. I'm good with, I'm good without, you know, I'm in, I'm in my, I'm in my flow. Right. At That's that point, exactly you are just being, you are not protecting or doing or blocking. You're just being yourself, right? There's no aggression in that. It's a very relaxed, calm in your space energy, which is all very positive. You're not putting up blocks or barriers or walls. You don't need to protect, right? Mm -hmm. You're not in that defense mode. You're just being who you are. And that's why it's like, now there's space. There's like a doorway open for someone to actually, in their way, slip into your life. And I always hear that story from people who've like manifested their soulmates or You know, when they were feeling like life was going great, they didn't need anyone. And then someone came in and it comes in a very unexpected way. Like Mm -hmm. you're not like like anticipating it's going to happen. It just sort of shows up and it's the right one. It's usually a very easy decision to make. Sometimes there are things to work out in the relationship. So sometimes it might take a little bit more time, but overall, you know, it really leads to relationship success. That's the best way to put it. (laughs) You know, it's a very positive, open energy. It's not on defense mode. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's also probably why I kept attracting and getting attracted to those types of men. And the relationships would always end the same way because I feel like in the beginning, to them, I was pretending to be somebody and something else. And to them, it was the excitement. Oh, I'm going to break her. Not literally, but like, oh, I'm going to break those walls. I'm going to get through to her. And then when they do, and then I start becoming myself, being vulnerable, loving, and then they're like, wait a minute, where's all the excitement that I I saw in the beginning? This is not the person that, you know, it, it was all a facade. So I love that. Thank you for explaining it perfectly. Now, my next question is, okay, it's another hard question to ask oneself, but a very important one, right? And this, I feel like is a question we end up asking ourselves anyway, especially like, let's say coming from a breakup, or if someone hasn't been in a relationship for the longest time, or if you've never even had a relationship ever, like, am I really ready for a relationship? Or am I just lonely? How do you know the difference? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And you're right. It's a little little bit of a hard question. Because on one hand, 
being lonely is a trigger to seek out a companion. Okay. So when you're lonely, it kind of tells your brain, I need to go out there. So it's kind of a way of motivating yourself to feel lonely is to motivate yourself to get out of your comfort zone, you know, to get out of your shell and to start looking for people to connect with. And that is actually a survival instinct in us. As human beings, we seek connection. We We seek relationships because we learned if you're out in the wilderness on your own, you'll probably get eaten by a bear. But if you have a tribe, right? This is like I'm talking about caveman days. This was our survival instinct that if you traveled in a tribe, you could keep each other safe, right? You you were a lot likelier to be successful in facing off an attack with a bear or an animal or anyone else if there were many of you, okay? So it is in our DNA, in our genetic, in our genetic to actually seek out other people. And we feel safer that way. Okay. So it is not wrong to feel lonely and it is not wrong to seek out people out of loneliness. Okay. Where it gets a little bit tricky is because of the loneliness, your goal is more about getting rid of this feeling of loneliness. You want to alleviate the discomfort that comes from being lonely. Because being lonely, you start to feel I'm not enough. You know, I'm not good enough. It leads to a lot of things and you want to get rid of this emotion. It's uncomfortable. You don't want to feel it. So out of loneliness, instead of maybe taking the time to get to know the person and to really see them for who they are or, you know, being a little bit more discerning. I like the word discernment rather than judgment or choosy, but it's like being discerning. Is this the right person for me to be with? as opposed to just kind of jumping into a relationship for all the wrong reasons, right? Because that would come from loneliness. Is I'm lonely. I want to get out of this feeling. Let me just get into a relationship. So that's where it gets tricky is making sure that, okay, if you're lonely, that's valid and that's a normal feeling, but that doesn't mean we're going to get into a relationship prematurely, you know, without feeling that this is a person I really want to be with. Right. So that's when the loneliness can lead you into a relationship where ultimately you're going to just feel more lonely because it wasn't the right person for you. You know, and there's a lot of maybe unhappiness in that relationship because you're making compromises and you're, you're, you know, dealing with things that you didn't sign up for. But the alternative is I'll break up or I'll walk out and I'll be lonely again. And so now I'm still in a state of fear, right? I'm afraid of being lonely. I'm afraid of leaving this unhappy relationship because I will be back at lonely. So it's like the lesser of two evils is just to stay in the relationship. And in most cases, stay in the marriage because that's what happens to a lot of people is they, you know, they get married and it wasn't the right person and they stay because the alternative is I'll be alone and then I'll be lonely and then I'll have to do everything on my own. And that's going to be the rest of my life. So loneliness can be kind of, you know, it can be very tricky to handle mm-hmm. and maneuver. Oof. And that's where a lot of like expectations come in, right? Like when you enter a relationship because you're lonely, because you want a band-aid, you have all these expectations from the other person. Oh, you, because now we're together, I'm no, I shouldn't be lonely anymore. I should be happy. I should be feeling this. You should be feeding all of this lonely. I mean, you know, you should be making me happy. And of course the other, but that's unfair to expect of somebody yeah. else to fill up something that's missing in you that you should be working on yourself. And I have been in in those relationships. (laughs) 
I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Tara, because that's really what happens is we get into that relationship and we came from loneliness. Now we want our partners to make us feel, you know, whole, complete, fulfilled. And maybe initially, you know, it might feel like that, but sooner or later, you know, all that, the honeymoon period, as we call it, wears off the, you know, starry eyes, all of that eventually comes to an end. And now the relationship becomes a little bit more real and you have to deal with challenges and you have to, you know, learn how to navigate the different situations in your life. And suddenly the partner who you expect to make you feel not lonely is not able to do that for you. And then you blame them. Mm -hmm. Your expectations are, you know, not being fulfilled. You're disappointed. There's resentment. There's grudge. There's a lot of pressure on the relationship. And that's when a relationship just, you know, spirals downward. And ultimately, it really isn't the other person's responsibility to make you feel complete, nor is it their responsibility to, you know, to help you sort out the issues that are actually yours to begin with. You came into the relationship lonely and you got to sort that out. You know, you got to come into a relationship actually feeling whole and complete. And the partner is the bonus. You know, the mm -hmm. partner is the icing on top, but you have to be the entire cake, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't be the cake and the icing. Okay? Exactly. So it is a, Listen up, partnership. <laughs> That's exactly it. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so it's definitely, a relationship is definitely going to be like that if you get into it because you're looking for a Band-Aid and you're not coming into it whole. But let's say, okay, when you meet, how about this? When we meet, your person, when someone meets their person or your soulmate, you know, you can attest to this. I can too. It will just feel right. It'll just click. Like it doesn't matter how long you've known each other. It just feels right. And people who have not felt this will say, sorry for the, but it will say it's bullshit, you know, <laughs> like they're really not going to believe it because we're mostly told that you should be in a relationship in a lot you have to be together a long time so you get to know each other and la -da -da. but I know a lot of people who were together 10 years 15 years and then eventually broke up even before getting married so it's not about the time it just I really believe in this it will just feel right but what does feeling right even mean? Because sometimes our brains are so powerful and our brains and our hearts can be so desperate that we force the wrong things to feel right because we so badly want it to work. Now, what are the signs that you have found, truly found your soulmate? So let me preface this by saying something, by sharing something. You know, when I tell people, Kara, that I met my husband at a wedding 
we spent all of two days together at a wedding with like a couple of hundred other people, right? And he proposed a month later. We were in two different countries. So he came down to Dubai to visit me. We spent like maybe a week together. So all in all, maybe we've spent eight, 10 days in each other's company. And then he proposed. And I said, yes. And then living in two different countries, we planned our wedding in Bali. And we got married five months later. Okay. And then the other story I have is of my cousin who was dating his girlfriend for eight years. And then they got married. And within a year, a year and a half, they got divorced. They got separated and, you know, the relationship ended. Okay. So to your point that you can know someone for as little time or as much time. And that doesn't necessarily say much about whether that relationship is going to be successful. Okay. I believe that a relationship will be successful when you've got two people who are ready for each other and they're ready for that commitment. They're ready to be, you know, honest and true to themselves and the other person. And they're coming from a place of strength rather than lack. And we've talked about lack quite a bit already. You've identified that lack. We talk about loneliness. We talk about, you know, there could be pressure from society or family members there could be, you know, age pressure, you know, I got to have kids by a certain date. All of that stuff could actually lead you to make a decision out of fear or lack. And when you do that, then definitely I think you'll end up in a kind of situation where you are giving into what you, you know, what you fear rather than what you want. And hence, you're more likely to make the wrong decision. So I think it's really about coming from this place of strength, coming up from a place where you really love yourself okay, and you're choosing to be with this person out of like your best self rather than all the fears that would make you coming from a place of like weakness or fear or pressure, whatever may be, you know, whatever may be going on in your life at that point. So I think that Knowing someone is the right one has a lot to do with feeling you are in the right place in your life, that you are your own right one. You are your own soulmate. You know, you are good as you are. You are complete. And yet there is this person in your life who really just adds to your life, doesn't fulfill you or complete you, but adds to your life, you know, someone that you truly feel connected with, someone you truly feel in your heart, you know, there's no doubt that this is the right person for you. I think if you ask the question, how do I know if he's right for me? Or you talk to your friend and you're like, I'm not sure if he's the one. That probably means he isn't. Or it means you got to do some work on yourself to get better in touch with yourself, to be able to take that call, whether that person is right for you. Because when we are operating out of fear, sometimes we can't even hear our own inner voice telling us, you know, what, what we need to hear. And so really for me, the sure shot way to make better choices in your life is one, be completely aligned with yourself, you know, be able to connect you with yourself completely, know who you are. So we talk about self-discovery. Know your wants, your desires, know your deal breakers, your boundaries. You got to know who you are. And when you know who you are, then you can make a choice based on who you are and what's best for you. If you're lost and confused and still trying to figure things out, 
it's probably not a good time to be with your soulmate because you're going to have like two lost people, you know, groping their way through a relationship Mm -hmm. with neither person Mm -hmm. being in the place to actually give the relationship a hundred percent. And I think that's why a lot of relationships don't work out. Exactly. Because you can't really give, I mean, we've said it a million times probably on on every episode. I feel like I say it every time we talk to each other. But like you can't really give what you don't have, right? And it, it it's it's unfair to ask it of somebody else. No, demand it, expect it from somebody else, especially someone you're supposed to be loving and you're supposed to be growing together. You're supposed to be partners. You're not supposed to just take that's not the reason why you get into a relationship. But for me, another like really, really good sign that I have found my soulmate was that everything, apart from us clicking in the relationship, everything else around us clicked. Like I started healing my, you know, relationship with my mom and him too. Uh, I mean, it was hard, but, you know, we started healing our rela- all the re- our other relationships outside of us. Like my friends, I started hanging out with my friends again because before when I had like weird attachment to the relationships I was in, I would always be that friend where I would disappear when I'm in a relationship. Like my friends will know I'm in a relationship because I'll be gone for a while. And then when we have problems, I'll call them again. But this time it was more, he was an addition to me as a person and my other relationships. He got along with my friends. I got along with his friends. We fixed our family issues. Everything just, everything just clicked. And it was a great addition to my life. And I think that's, that's, Somewhat what you were saying as well, right? It's just like really good energies coming together. You know, I, I realized this in my own life, Kara, that when my relationship, like it happened, that part of my life opened up and started to flow. Okay. So first of all, there was me and there was self-love and now there's somebody else I could share love with. I noticed when that aspect of my life just kind of blossomed and opened up every other aspect of my life started to fall into place. And that led me to believe that when your life is really powered by love, okay, love, it starts when you start loving yourself. You'll already see that when you start loving yourself, you know, things start to flow. There's abundance. I've noticed that when there's self-love, it brings in a lot of abundance. So that self-love essentially already takes your life up to this other level where you can start to create and attract whatever you want. And then when you go into the the relationship with the other person, and now there's this sharing of love because you've got the love coming from your partner and you've got the love that you're sharing. So there's really this flow of energy. I've noticed that that energy is really like, you know, it like charges up your life in every way. And you'll see career success and you will see, you know, things in the family falling into place and you will step into your own and, you know, just everything starts to work really well. And we say it's being in the flow of life. And I felt like, you know, I felt everything was great in my life until I met my partner. I thought I was doing brilliantly. I thought work was good. I thought everything was great. But when I met my husband who he became my husband, right? I was like, oh my God, this is a whole different level of things working for me. You know, things started to accelerate because it's like when your love life is sorted, when you have a loving, supportive partner, you can do anything because you have somebody in your corner. 
You have someone rallying you on, cheering you on, and you know when it gets tough, when you need a little bit of that extra support, you can go back to your partner and your partner will be there. You know, you, and especially if you're with your soulmate and that right person, that person always sees your potential. That person has your back. That person will pick you up when you're feeling a little down because they believe in you so much because they love you. And sometimes, you know, we can get that from our parents and we are likely to get that from our parents when we're younger. But sometimes when we're older, you know, there's a little bit of baggage. There's some unresolved drama. There's, you know, there's stuff going on. It may not be as easy to go back to your parents or family members to get that kind of, you know, unconditional love and attention that you can sometimes get from a partner who is devoted to you. And so it makes you feel like nothing's impossible. You're invincible because your life is just, you know, it is so beautiful and there's so much love. And how can you not do anything with all this love? You know, and you're overflowing with love. So you're also inspired. You feel more inspired and you feel like, oh my God, I, w- I want to do this and I want to do that. And suddenly you feel like everything is aligning. You are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You are with that right person and your life is right on track. And that is a really special feeling. Okay. That is something. Yeah. You know the feeling. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, not to say also, because I mean, this is exactly why we created a relationship too, because I have gone through, I mean, we've had a couple of theta healing sessions. I mean, not to say the relationship is going to be perfect and oh my God, you're never going to argue and everything just falls into place. Definitely not because you will definitely still have arguments. There will be disagreements because you're two very different people, but you you come together and, and you work on things together. And, and, you know, when my husband and I like have problems or we argue, it's just at the end of it, we're like, you know what? And then we realize everything just works out for us. You know, like, yeah, okay, we're going to fight, but you know, everything's going to work out anyway. You know, and sometimes we just laugh about it when we've had like maybe an hour or a couple hours, a couple hours, no, five, not that long. It'll just be like, you know what? We'll figure it out anyway. Like, it, but it's not, what am I saying? I'm saying it's not going to be like all rainbows and butterflies. That's too much to expect, but you will be able to work on it together. And that's what makes it amazing. Like you're not, on survival mode anymore. That's what I feel like I've always been on for the longest time before I met my husband or no, before I was ready. And then I met him. I was always on fight, survive. And it still comes every now and then now, you know, there's that nagging, but I'm very thankful that he's there. He's here with me to remind me that I can breathe. (laughs) I don't have to hold my breath and be on guard anymore. Absolutely. And you know, I want to add to that, Kara. We pick partners, whether we're doing it consciously or well, most of the time it's unconscious. We pick partners for traits and qualities that we don't have and we kind of want to develop in ourselves. That's why you see a lot of this opposites attract happening because we really, you know, there are things about ourselves that we know we aren't very good at. Or we Mm -hmm. feel like we want to develop that. And so we look for partners that have those qualities and traits. And often our journey together is really about learning from each other and getting to that point where, you know, you can be the better version of yourself. 
right? And you do it through your interactions and your relationship. And that's why we have arguments and we have these disagreements and discussions because usually that conflict happens because we are resisting Mm -hmm. that change. Often our partners push us to be that better person and we don't (laughs) always like it, right? Because nobody wants to be told that they're doing something wrong or that, you know, they, they are lacking in any way. And so we read it that way when all it is, is your partner is, you know, there's a contract there's actually underneath your relationship. There's some kind of contract between the two of you where you have to learn from each other and you have to make each other better. You signed up for that. Okay. And that is way more important than any marriage contract. It's that energetic (laughs) contract, that soul contract between the two of you, that you are going to be each other's supporters, even if it means making each other angry and upset and sad sometimes when we don't want to do the work or we don't want to take responsibility and own up to the things that we do have to improve or develop within us. And so I've noticed that when I, you know, when I go into my relationship with that attitude, that even though I am upset with him, mm-hmm. ultimately he's actually helping me. I just can't see it yet because I'm too busy being angry. <laughs> but if I drop the anger for a minute and let me think about how this is making me better, or let me think about what opportunity for growth is this situation giving me. And when I look at it that way, then the argument, the conflict, the disagreement dissipates. And I'll, I'll give you an example of something that happened when my husband and I met. I was running my well-being center in Dubai and I was quite the workaholic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't focused on relationships. So my laptop was like literally glued to my hip. Everywhere I went, you know, I I had my laptop because I was running a center and I was really busy and I had this mission, you know, I had a movement I'd started in Dubai and we got married and I remember it was our honeymoon. It wasn't like a real honeymoon. It was a mini honeymoon because we were on our way back from Bali to Manila. So we stopped in Singapore and we're checking in to the Marina Bay Sands Hotel, which is like a really nice place, right? And so... Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the lobby and my husband's checking us in and I'm typing furiously on my laptop on my honeymoon because there's some email that I thought was so important that I had to answer (laughs) it right then and there. Okay. (laughs) And my husband is a very patient person. So for the first six months, he was very patient with the laptop being like, you know, part of our relationship. It was always like a threesome, me, him and my (laughs) laptop around somewhere in our room or our space because I was running my center in Dubai. And I remember that, you know, after a while, I think the patients kind of wore thin and he started to complain about the laptop. And he's like, you know, it's the weekend. It's Saturday Mm -hmm. and Sunday. Laptop should not be open on Saturday and Sunday. And honestly, in my head, it was like, huh? Like (laughs) it just occurred to me to do it any other way. And at first I was like, but I have this to do and I have to run the center. And, you know, that initial reaction was like, no, like, you know, this is my life. This is, you know, I wanted to get like defensive. But when I sat down and thought about it and tried to understand what was going on for him. And then I recognized Mm -hmm. like, he misses me. He goes to work Monday to Friday. Our weekends are ours. He misses me. 
He doesn't want to share me with our laptop because I'm the type of person that when I'm working, you know, I have like blinders on like a horse, right? I can't really focus on anything else. I'm just so immersed in what I'm doing. And so I realized that my laptop had to go, you know, that thing had to be shut down the minute Friday afternoon came. And I started doing that. And honestly, I needed to do that, not just for him, but for me and for Mm -hmm. our relationship. I was missing out on so many beautiful moments because, you know, I couldn't tear myself away from the laptop screen because I thought that my work was so important. And he was so understanding until he wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I remember that situation because I needed to learn balance because one thing that I didn't have when I got you know, when I got engaged and and started dating my husband is I didn't have balance. Okay. So what happened is until I met him, I was completely into my work. And then I met him and our relationship took over. So for the six months until we got married, it was all about the relationship and I neglected my work. And then once we got married, it was like, oh, now I got to take care of my center in Dubai now that I live in Manila. And then I went to the other extreme and I was back yeah. to like really focusing on work. So I didn't have balance and I needed right. to learn balance. And I'm so grateful to him because I am so balanced now. I still work a lot, but I love my work and I have lots of other things to keep me balanced and grounded. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have learned that. <laughs> so that's beautiful. I want to meet him. He sounds like such a nice guy. <laughs> no, but that's wonderful. I'm happy you found your balance. It's crazy because, well, not exactly the same thing happened to me a while ago. But this was—it's very fresh. Okay, just give me a couple of sec- a couple minutes to like share this with you. We were supposed to open a joint checking account today. Okay, for something that we need, we purchased land, and you just need to pay it monthly, right? And we had this talk, and we were like, okay, we—I don't want to keep depositing are transferring the the funds from our other account. Like, let's open a checking account so we can just like give all the checks and we're done. Okay, great. So we were going to go to the bank. Mind you, I'm sort of, I've been in this place for a year. Okay. But I've never gone to the bank here because all my banks are in Manila. So we took two cars. He took his motorbike and I took the car because he was going to go to work straight and I had to come back. So he went ahead. And I was just driving, driving, and he just said, it's it's past this and it's across this place. Okay, I passed it like two times. <laughs> I couldn't find the bank. And when I got there, it was so ridiculous because there was a big, it was a big sign. And when we got there, he was already pissed. Not because he was waiting for me. I thought he was pissed because it took a while for me to get there, you know, because I was coming from my own fears or whatever, you know, I was assuming that was why he was angry. And, and then we had lunch afterwards and I was like, Normally, I'd be like, what's your problem? (laughs) Like, why are you like this? But a while ago, I was like, I stepped back, took a deep breath. And I was like, what is this really about? Like, I want to know what this is really about. What did I do wrong? I'm sorry, I couldn't find the place. I was really looking for it. And And he said, "Uh, you've been here a year. And it feels to me like you don't even care where the places are. Like, you don't care where the bank is. You don't care where, where, you know. That was his issue. And I had honestly thought it was because it took me a while to get there. But his issue was, to him, it feels like me not finding the place right away or me taking the time (laughs) taking a while to get there or missing the place three times was because I didn't care enough to even know where it was. And that hit me because... (laughs) Right? It's a me problem. It's a me thing. Like, you're right. 
And if I wasn't in this space, I would get mad at that too. Like, no, that's not it. Why are you making this such a big issue? It is. It is about that because it is true. I haven't taken the time to figure out where the bank is, where this place is. And to him, the translation is that you're not treating this like your home yet because you're supposed to know and these put, essential things. You, you haven't put down the roots. It's like you're a visitor. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. And then that would trigger <laughs> so, his that would trigger his insecurities that you're not fully committed mm-hmm. to the relationship or to living there. So that would kind of create and bring up, you know, his feelings about that, which makes total exactly. sense. And that would have been a huge fight had we not both been able to say what we really feel in that moment and what that was really about and be accountable. And I said, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even know that that was what that was about, you know, and that's something I need to work on and keep working on because we are married and I'm very thankful for him for being open enough because not, not to be sexist or or sexist or anything, but like not all men will (laughs) open up that way and, and say that he's, he hurt, he's hurt. You know, but what I did, yeah. and that was what translated to him. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that because oh, I love that. A beautiful story. Beautiful story, Kara. It's just, it, you know, it really, it, it really bears what marriage is like. It's, it's about knowing yourself and it's about knowing each other. So, for example, I talked about self-discovery and how important it is to know yourself and that would make you ready. Mm-hmm. And you see how you didn't make it about him. You made it about you because you understand that, you know, there was something going on in your space that you needed to resolve or understand. And you didn't go off, you know, attacking him and he didn't go off attacking you, but you both came to the table, two mature adults, two complete individuals, okay, ready to work it out. And that is just, well, that is a sign of a soulmate relationship. That's what it looks like. It's not always, like you said, going to be rainbows and butterflies. So I think it it can be a lot of rainbows and butterflies. You know, Mm -hmm. I I see a lot of rainbows and butterflies quite a bit, but you know, it also gets real and it's really about being there for each other and, and taking responsibility for everything that's happening in the relationship. It's not about him or you, but you have something you are both nurturing and that is that relationship with each other. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you too. I love that. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm down to my last two questions. <laughs> now, you know, for me to be able to get to this point, it really took a lot of heartbreaks and a lot of work for me to heal and to learn to love myself that eventually allowed me to attract the love that I deserve. But and I used to believe that I needed all of that. I need I just really needed to get through all of that. 
And I feel like everybody has to go through all of that for them to find the one or their soulmate. But having experienced Theta Healing, meeting you and learning more about myself, I realized, I, you know, I didn't really need to go through all of that, all of that drama. And, you know, and now my question to you, I guess, is there a way to shortcut this for all of our listeners, for those who are looking for their soulmates, who are looking for love, this type of love in their lives? Is there a way to cut through all the bullshit and just go straight to healing? Like, what is the first step to healing? So it's a really good question, Kara, because it is something that I asked myself. I've been working with women for over 14 years and I noticed that some women I worked with would, you know, do a little bit of work with me and then they would get their love lives rolling. And then sometimes they would get their love lives moving, but then there would be some challenges and issues. They'd come back to me, then we'd do the work and okay, things would start moving again. So I, I kind of dealt with a lot of people, those where I had to work with them for a long time to get the soulmate coming into their life. Those where it came sooner, but then other challenges popped in. I had one, you know, client I remember specifically where she manifested her soulmate after one session, but then it took her two years to get married because there were problems with the in-laws not accepting her, right? So I've kind of seen a lot in the relationship spectrum. And over time, with all the successes that I've seen, I had to ask my question, well, how do we guarantee that people can go from single, you know, always in the wrong relationship or not attracting the right person to actually being able to welcome someone in? How do we get them there in a way that's consistent, in a way that I can really, you know, stake my my claim on that, that this is possible, right? Because you don't want to give anyone false hope. You know, and I have had women come to me for years and years and years. And for me, you know, I truly believe I can help them, but I can't guarantee what will happen until I ask that question. Is there an accelerated way? Is there kind of a step-by-step that will get them there? And I know I can deliver that. And so that's basically what happened to me last year is after the well-known, you know, Ellen Adarna, Derek Ramsey manifestation, soulmate manifestation, it kind of people all over started writing in. And I realized there's so many women out there just like me, just like where I was, you know, once upon a time in my own life, wondering, am I actually going to meet that right person or am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? Like, is it always going to be like this heartbreak and pain or does it get better? And so from that point, you know, after just recognizing how many people need this, I went on my own journey of trying to, you know, take all the case studies of every everyone I've worked with and come up with a way to do this. And what I've learned, so this is what I want to share with you and your listeners. What I've learned is there has to be a journey that we must take. It's our own personal evolution journey. And that requires us to release our past. By past, I mean all your baggage, all those bad traumatic relationships, you went through, you got to deal with that. You got to open all the skeletons in your closet and you got to bury them like for good. You got to go and explore what happened in your childhood growing up with your parents and what their relationship was like. You got to look at, you know, what is your entire extended family believe about the role of a man and a woman? And there's a lot of 
cleaning to do in the past. And all of that must be released. Now, some people may not do that, right? And they still are married and have partners, right? But then what happens is those skeletons in their closet come up as challenges and issues, and they're going to have to deal with it. It is going to come up. And sometimes those skeletons will show up and that will lead to separation. You know, that will lead to the relationship falling apart. It's because it didn't get cleaned up in the first place. So yes, there are a lot of people who didn't do this process and they're married and they have kids. And the question really is, are they happily married? Okay, because it's not enough to manifest your soulmate, right? You got to like really nurture that relationship. You got to protect it. You got to safeguard it. And that soulmate relationship must grow in the same direction. You must grow together, not grow apart, right? So cleaning up the past and releasing that past, like for good, once and for all is super important. And you can't do like a haphazard job of it. You really got to get in there and you got to really clean it all up. And then So that must happen. And then the second step would be really learning to get to that point you described, which is I love myself and I accept myself completely and I don't need anybody. I'm not in a state of needing. I'm in a state of being my best self, you know, really getting to that point where you kind of see yourself as a goddess, as a catch. You see yourself as someone who would make somebody else so incredibly lucky and happy to have you in their life. Like that's the level of love and confidence that you need to get to, to have the maturity to take care of your relationship, you know, in the future. Because again, like I said, it's not enough to manifest the person, but you got to take that relationship forward, right? And then when you get to that place of just really feeling whole and complete, and I don't need anybody, The next step is being very clear about what is your relationship vision? What do you want? What does that relationship look like? What are you going to do to attract that? How are you going to communicate that to the universe? And how are you going to bring alignment to your thoughts, words, and actions so that what you want, what you say, how you behave, and how you're thinking is all aligned and sending the right message to the universe to bring back what you want. And finally, you have to master detachment because if you're so attached to the idea, it means you're still needy, you're clingy, you're not enough on your own. And that in itself would, you know, prolong delay and even sometimes block a soulmate from coming in. So it's really a journey and it's not a journey that happens overnight. Okay. So I've experimented with it. And, and for me, it is something that takes me about eight weeks to, you know, from start to finish to take a person through that process of the releasing, which can be really intense and, and it can be, you know, really inner work. It's a real focus on doing the inner work, inner child. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen there. And then getting to the point of acceptance and love to finally get to the point of creating and attracting and manifesting. And I found that the steps need to be taken in that specific sequence. And so for me, I've, you know, really been able to create that journey, curate and create that journey for my clients and make sure that we are doing everything we need to do to get them to a point where they're really ready for their soulmate. They're confident about it. They can welcome the soulmate and, and they can make sure that that relationship doesn't explode, combust, fall apart, 
you know, that they can really commit to that relationship and help that relationship to grow as they grow together in the relationship. So that to me is probably as accelerated as, as it gets, you know, eight weeks of your life for a lifetime of happiness. I mean, I think that's a, that's a pretty fair trade, don't you think? I know it took me years <laughs> yeah. of, of work, right? I know your story too. You know, it, was, it wasn't a smooth journey. It was a bumpy ride. It was for me. I had to do a lot of work and I had to face a lot of relationship trauma and, and drama. And when you actually put it all together and you see that it's actually not that, that complicated, it's actually quite simple, but you have to have the courage and the commitment to take that journey, that eight week journey to being able to manifest the love that you want so you can get the love you deserve. Yeah. I wish you had come up with this like <laughs> many, many years ago and I'd met you then. I didn't have to go through all of that, but I'm so excited for this. And I'm actually so, so excited for all of our listeners and viewers right now who would like to take this journey alongside, you know, with Sanaya as well, to be able to find your soulmate, but more importantly, finding yourself and loving yourself so that you can attract your perfect partner. And so we're about, we're going to do something really exciting in a couple of days from now. And we will be posting more details about that. I'll probably like attach the link on this podcast and post it on my Facebook as well. But Sanaya, Please tell us a little bit more about the Soulmate Magnet program, when it's happening, and maybe a little bit of a teaser of the webinar that we are about to have. Absolutely. So Soulmate Magnet is the eight-week journey that I've been talking about. I've uh, put quite a few people through the program and it's been just incredible for them, which has really, really gotten me so excited for our next launch. It starts on September 25th and it runs until November 17th. So that's the eight-week journey. Week after week, students who are enrolled in this program, anyone who chooses to enroll, will be getting video trainings every week. We have video trainings unlocking. There's 33 videos and each video teaches you something about love and healing and relationships. And you actually go through healing exercises and meditations it is a hybrid program. So most of the program is online in your dashboard and you get to download everything that you need and watch the trainings. And it's really fun, actually. It's really interesting. Everyone who's done it with me has just been like, oh my God, Sanaya, I've learned so much about myself. And so really it is a self-discovery journey. And then I do weekly live coaching calls where I actually take you through the different processes that will get you from you know point A to becoming that type of person who can attract the right kind of person for you, the right kind of love into your life. And over the eight weeks, you actually see how you are changing and how you are growing and how are you are becoming this better version of yourself. You feel lighter, you feel more in love with you. So it's really a beautiful, beautiful journey. It is a program that we do together as a group. So people who are interested have to sign up before September 25. And, you know, I essentially coach you and work with you through the eight weeks in that group format to help you to get to that point. That is the goal of the program. We are doing a webinar that, you know, for anyone who just wants to learn more and wants to level up their love life and even just discover a little bit more 
about themselves. We are doing a webinar together, you and me, Kara, and we are going to post details about that. So I'm really excited. I am going to talk about the attraction formula and I'm going to talk about self-love and how, you know, we attract in our life our energetic equivalent. So that's my little teaser for you. But to hear the whole story, to get the lowdown on relationships and attraction and soulmates, then we do invite you to join us for that. I'm really excited about doing that with you, Kara. Me too. Oh my gosh. And I'm so, so, so excited for everybody who's going to be able to join the webinar because it's going to be a little, not a little teaser, but it's going to be sort of like, I don't know, like in an eight course meal. It's already like the first three. Okay. Because that's it's going to be a loaded webinar. You guys are going to learn a lot and it's going to be wonderful. I'm really, really so excited for you guys to take this journey too, because it is amazing. It's amazing to find your soulmate. And I would love for you guys to find yours too. So we will be posting links and all the details on all our socials. My Instagram at Cara Erigel, at After 30 with Cara Erigel, on my Facebook as well, here, uh, where you're watching the live. And Sanaya, please invite them to follow your socials as well and where they can check more details about the Soulmate Magnet Program. Absolutely. You know, Cara, I do want to add something though before I share my details is even if you are in a relationship, even if you're married, Okay. Often your soulmate is right in front of you and you could be married to your soulmate, but you aren't allowing them to be your soulmate because of all those unresolved issues and baggage from your past. So even if you are in a relationship, you're not single, you're like, oh, I'm already in a relationship. It's too late. It's not too late actually, because you can change your relationship right now. You can change the relationship you're in just by changing yourself. You can actually level up your marriage. And case in point is I worked with a client actually just last week and Mm -hmm. she was having a lot of trouble with her husband. She said it had gotten so bad that they couldn't look at each other in the eye and they were very, they were very angry at each other. There was a lot of like conflict, fighting. I mean, it had gotten really, really messy. And we worked Mm -hmm. and we did a lot of healing in that one session. And this is somebody I have worked with before and she's done a lot of healing in another aspect of her life. So she Mm -hmm. is someone that I expected, you know, things could turn around right away because she gets all of this and she was truly dedicated and committed and willing to take responsibility for everything going wrong in the relationship. And we worked, Kara, one session of Theta Healing. And today we had our second session and she's like, Sanaya, the way I'm behaving with my husband unconsciously has already changed. I just feel I'm nicer and calmer and more loving. And I feel like I really appreciate him again. And he is responding Mm -hmm. to me completely differently. And that's all it took. It was one session of healing. And so I do want to tell you that even if your relationship feels like it's not where you want it to be, or you're married and you feel like there's no way out of the situation, you know, there is because you can still clean up all the things that are getting in your way of allowing your partner to be your soulmate, you know, to be that one right person for you. So, you know, I would invite you, whatever your relationship status may be, to come to the webinar, because I do think you're definitely going to learn a lot. And even if you're not looking for your soulmate. There's a lot to learn about relationships. There's a lot to learn about attraction and, you know, who you are and how that interplays with the life that you're living around you. Now, a little bit about how to connect with me. 
You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Sanaya Gurnamal. I'm going to spell Sanaya because it is a tricky spelling. That's S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. You can also follow my podcast. That's Project Loving Myself. And if you're interested in learning more about Soulmate Magnet, you can visit bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Soulmate Magnet Program. Okay. And definitely guys check the description because I have a little gift that Kara actually, you know, she really wanted to give you guys something. And so she asked me to prepare something for you. So I have a little gift for you and you will find it in the description. So check it out and definitely download it. Yay. Thank you for that, Sanaya. Very, very excited to take this journey alongside you as well. I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. I feel like we're super overflowing with love. And that's what it is exactly, right? Because we both went through a lot before finding our soulmates. And you created this whole program so that the others, I mean, you know, the other women out there won't have to go through all the crap that we went through. Absolutely. It can be easy. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it can be easy. Okay. It can be easy. Thank Love you, Kara, for okay, having me. Okay, my last question for you. Oh, thank you very much. Wait, everyone, last question. What are you grateful for? Tell me, tell me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a question that I ask all the guests on the show. I love closing the show this yeah. way. It kind of grounds us. I want to know what you're grateful for. It can be one major thing, 10 things, up to you. I'm grateful for every client that I've worked with on relationships because their story has helped me put together something that I know will help so many women out there. So for all those people who have struggled and who've, you know, come to me and who've worked with me, like every single one of you has contributed to what Soulmate Magnet is today. And I know this is really going to help millions of people. I know it's going to make that difference. So I'm very grateful for everyone that has contributed and helped me to get here. Hey, thank you very much again. That's Anaya Gurdamal, everybody. Very, very exciting things happening very soon. We'll be posting all the details on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and in the description of this podcast as well. So make sure to wait out for that. We'll see you guys on the webinar and definitely make sure to check out Soulmate Magnet Program. Sanaya Gurnama, thank you so much. I'll see you again soon. Very, very soon. And bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so, so much for your time and energy. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, this is the part where you share the things, people, moments, whatever it is that you're grateful for today. I would love to hear from you. So please do get in touch with me on Instagram and Facebook at After 30 with Cara Erigel. I would love to see you tag me in your stories if you do post this. And please follow me on Spotify if you haven't yet. And also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really, really help the podcast. And of course, me a lot. And I truly, truly appreciate you. I am so grateful for you. Don't forget, be grateful.